Hello and welcome to the Intentional Clinician Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Krauss, licensed professional counselor. I'm coming to you today with an episode called What Does Black Lives Matter Mean? We're going to cover this and more in this episode, and I posted that title because I really want a diverse group of listeners who are curious about why this movement came about and what it means. So you're going to hear a little bit of me talking at the beginning, and then I have three panelists who happen to be African-American males and also my friends of about 15 years at this point. So just a few words of thought from the psychology philosophy part of my mind. If you are new to this topic or just curious, please remember to start normalizing that it's okay to change your opinion on something after you learn new information. I promise, evolution is natural. I have changed my own opinion about things multiple times as I grew older. Denial is also natural because people are afraid and get defensive and we don't want to hear things sometimes. But it doesn't move you forward as a person. I have personally changed my viewpoints on racism and Black Lives Matter as I evolved as a person and I grew older and had different experiences and read and became educated and had friends who taught me. So I would even say you'll hear in this conversation toward the end, there's a moment where I didn't actually know something and I actually learned something new and my perspective was changed. And that's important to life that we are open to different experiences and different perspectives because that's how we grow as people. I encourage you, whoever you are, to listen to this discussion and then at the end, read through the sources and resources in the show notes. So before we get to the panel discussion, this particular podcast has been uh, called into action. We recorded this seven days after the death of George Floyd. So if you don't know what's going on with that, on May 25th, Minneapolis police officers arrested George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, after a Delhi employee called 911 accusing him of buying cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. 17 minutes after the first squad car arrived at the scene, Mr. Floyd was unconscious and pinned beneath three police officers showing no signs of life. By combining videos from bystanders and security cameras, reviewing official documents and consulting experts, the New York Times, which is the article I'm quoting, reconstructed in detail the minutes leading to Mr. Floyd's death. Our video shows officers taking a series of actions that violated the policies of the Minneapolis Police Department and turned fatal, leaving Mr. Floyd unable to breathe even as he and onlookers called out for help. The day after Mr. Floyd's death, the police department fired all four officers involved in the episode, and on Friday, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman announced murder and manslaughter charges against Derek Chauvin, the officer who can be seen most clearly in witness videos, pinning Mr. Floyd to the ground. Mr. Chauvin, who is white, kept his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, according to the criminal complaint against him. The video of the New York Times that was put together shows that Mr. Chauvin did not remove his knee after Mr. Floyd lost consciousness and for a full minute after the paramedics arrived to the scene. So there's a lot more to this if you want to read about it and hear about the factual evidence of what occurred. And this caused a large conversation and protests to happen in the United States. Now, let's imagine for a second. This is a tragic death and... um, 
I'm sure if you've been alive for a number of years and you're listening to this, you've had someone in your life die. Um, one of the worst fears of parents is your child dying. So this is a story somebody told me. Imagine that your child died and you are at the funeral giving a eulogy, explaining what your own child meant to you and how special your child was. And you were talking about the tragedy of it all and why did this child have to be uh, taken from you so young. And you were talking about how unique and beautiful your child was and how you wished your child was still alive. Then somebody from the back of the funeral uh, procession comes up and grabs the microphone and says, you know what? Actually, all children are special. Well, that's what the argument all lives matter sounds like to me. It's embarrassing. And it's intellectually disingenuous. It's passive aggressive and it's essentially pointless and obvious. The whole point of Black Lives Matters movement was to bring attention to multiple issues. But one of the most pressing is this. The police in the United States at various police departments are killing unarmed African Americans at a much higher rate than Caucasian Americans. This is an undisputed fact. In fact, I have many articles on this. One is saying 2.5 times, and there's other facts on this. You can look that up. Uh, And the activists recently said, we said black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with black lives for black lives are currently in danger. And I think that if you are having some sort of personal transference or reaction about black lives matter, it's important to check what you're listening to. What sort of sources? Who are you talking to? And, um, you know, dig in to the topic a little bit more. Go a little bit deeper. This is not an attack on white people, okay? This is a call to white people to join African-American people and other people of color and minorities in this country in uniting as one people. We are all humans. And we all are citizens of the United States, or we live here. And we need to figure out a way to get along. And... There cannot be peace if there's no justice. And there is a lot of injustice going around and people don't want to look at it. And people are afraid of it. But what I'm saying is listen to this discussion. Three African-American male friends of mine will talk about their experiences and their perspective. I appreciate you listening. This is Paul Krause of the Intentional Clinician Podcast. Out in the street, they call it All right, welcome to the show. Today I have three panelists, also my friends. Rahman Farley is coming to us from New Orleans on Zoom. Chris Blunt is coming to us from Tacoma, Washington. And James Pope is coming to us from Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, guys, to the show. Hey. We're going to talk about a lot of things that are going on right now. It is June uh, 2020, second day of June, and a lot of things have been happening um, recently that have made the news, but um, as we were talking about before the interview, uh, we've been talking about this for about 15 years, which is how long I've known everyone here. So just to kind of give the listeners a little a little piece of what we might be talking about is that um, <clears throat> we're, we're talking about police killings 
of African-American people. Despite only making up 13% of the U.S. population, black Americans are two and a half times as likely as white Americans to be killed by police. Um, and that's been going on for a long time. That was tracked. That's been tracked by the Washington Post, Al Jazeera, uh, other things like that. Also, basically, uh, there's been a lot of demonstrations surrounding the killing of George Floyd, uh, which a lot of people have actually watched on Facebook and I believe YouTube, uh, where he basically was killed live uh, on camera. And I think that caused a lot of protests currently about an issue that's been going on for a long time. Uh, at the same time, uh, there are now apparently, uh, <clears throat> according to Washington Post, there have been 30 uh, protesters uh, and mostly many journalists are being arrested, which is actually really scary at this time, is that journalists who are covering the protests and trying to hear what people have to say are actually also being arrested. And then, of course, it's bringing up um, a lot of online debates and also celebrity interviews and different everyone kind of lending their voice to different sides of arguments. And it's becoming uh, and it seems to be there's a gap in understanding um, because a lot of people are talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and a lot of people don't understand what that means and seem to to uh, have a counter argument of all lives matter. And the latest news I saw on this was Billy Illish was cussing out everyone on Instagram trying to explain uh, what Black Lives Matter meant. And she actually did a really good job. And so I would actually just recommend going to her Instagram and reading it. It's pretty awesome. I won't read the whole thing here because I have panelists. So um, just to bring us up a little bit on the news, um, whoever wants to go first, maybe talk about the lead up because it's not just George Floyd this year and it's not just this year. It's been going on for a long time. So who, who wants to lead us up just a little bit on the, on the fact side? Chris. All right. From a fact side, this has been, uh, we are in the midst of what I think is a boiling point for America. Um, we had, you know, we had, I want to say three or four um, major incidences where police have um, murdered someone who was unarmed and and, intent, and and frankly, not even intended to do crime or something really petty. Um, this comes also in the process of us dealing with a pandemic, the COVID virus. So you have you have uh, people who are already at home. They are already upset. They are already disenfranchised. They are already we are already dying. We are at least worried about possibility of death which is very real um when it comes to how the disease other the virus is happening right uh right. and to add i felt like this was sort of like a like a straw that broke the camel's back in a sense because we're already stressed out uh unemployment is at an all-time high people are fear is at an all-time high when you have both unemployment fear and frankly people have time and so when you have all that going on at once and then you add you know because america could take a break from a lot of things it can't take a break from killing black people apparently so when that happens it becomes it becomes an issue uh, and this is why the people are mad i have a lot to say on this i'm gonna stop here good 
And uh, Ramon or James, you want to talk a little bit about what's leading up to this before we get to the opinion section of the show? Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with Chris. Uh, his points were uh, very valid. Um, yeah, we're just at a point where, you know, like people like you and I, I mean, all of all, everybody here on this uh, podcast um, can probably say, I mean, you know, we're comfortable to a certain extent, um, but there's there's a lot of things going on that we may not pay attention to directly or may not experience directly that's hurting people profoundly <laughs> and they're reacting to that hurt. Um, and this, this isn't the first time this has happened, you know, like uh, it gets to a point where the wealth gap is incredibly large. Uh, people don't have access to housing. People just want the basic needs. And when you mix that in with, I mean, civil servants killing you, <laughs> that's not really a great recipe for uh, success. So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're I think uh, Chris made the point of, uh, you know, we've reached a boiling point, but I think it's more of the, the water has boiled over and out and we're just realizing that. Yes, absolutely. I could not agree more because it's like, we were talking about this, I think last year, Chris and I on the podcast, we were talking about how many of these incidents don't even make the news. And, um, now then right in a row, we had three major terrible ones make the news police killings and also just some random people who thought they were police killing somebody uh jogging in georgia and um you know we were talking about you know it's making the news and then people are like oh my gosh i can't believe you know can't believe this is happening and uh i've heard people say i can't believe you know racism is getting worse. And, and then a lot of people have been saying racism isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed now. So you have to look at it. And my brother actually said something quite poignant. He just said the other day, he said he was posting, of course, about this whole thing, but he just said, America, you don't like to look at it. You just don't like to look at it. And he posted all the videos of George Floyd that you can see leading up to his death um, in an unnecessary neck restraint um, which there's articles up on that where actually in Minneapolis police, there's been many, many unnecessary uh, neck restraints in the last 10 years. They found from a Freedom of Information Act and two thirds of them were placed uh, by Minneapolis officers on, uh, on the black population. So essentially there's um, just a lot. It, it's, it's now people are being forced to look at it. And so a lot of people are, are joining the dialogue and joining the protests and the, and the fight. Um, but I think we need to, to educate people about what this is all in the middle of a ridiculous political and economic situation that our country is facing right now. Um, James, did you have anything you want to add before we well, yeah, I was going to add to the political point is that now you have all these politicians, especially Joe Biden putting his foot in his mouth the wrong time, the, the wrong time to be doing it. And it's, it's now, it's, it's, it's almost as if we feel that we don't have 
anybody really like the black community doesn't have anyone or anybody to have its back or to, to so we have to now take matters into our own hands is what it feels like and since it's it's only it's only good timing for all the i know the conspiracy theorists and the the actors out there to be infiltrating all these marches to make it look like we're <laughs> destroying property and i'm i'm glad that we're now in the age of video because now what's happening in, is across all these protests in every city you you have people videotaping these uh bad actors who are smashing up storefronts and they're they're white they're like little anarchist white kids <laughs> who have, who are just starting to pretty much flip cars over and start fires and and bashing windows and now at least it's being caught on tape to show that that's not the case that it's not just um it's not just angry black rioters it's it's a whole bunch of bad actors that play to make it look like make the situation and it, just basically confuse what's going on right make the news cover um destruction of property instead of the message of the protest which yeah, they're all trying of, to, they're and, trying to muddy the message they're trying to downplay right. it everywhere and and right now like since since black folk have the time uh, we're showing that that's not the case no more we're, we're on everybody's ass about it so um, it's like, i think you know I, obviously i can't speak for um all of the black community but i can speak for myself as a black man especially as a black man as a black man surrounded by a lot of white people um i am tired it's a tiring thing not not Tired of being black because being black is lit. It's dangerous, but it's lit. You know, it's awesome. Um, but I am tired of people acting like something is brand new. Um, I think it's a thing where America is founded on the principles of racism. It's the it's like America's superpower is white supremacy. It's always been that. It all, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's built off of. That the system is designed for that. So when people will go, the system is, is, is broke. No, the system is working just fine. The system is designed for that. When they like, we the people, we the people wasn't including us. We were three-fifths human at the time, according to them, you know? So when, when you see this, and I think the annoyance, that a lot of black people have, all of us on this panel included, um, is the, why are you coming at us like this is something new? And this is for white liberals as well. Um, we have spent our whole life, black people have spent their whole lives learning about American history, our history, quote unquote, right? We know white people's history like to no end. Uh, when white people find out that they're just like, like white people had like racism like happened when Trump became president, you know what I'm saying? Or, uh, or the killings happened with Trayvon. No, it's just we live in the age of information now, and because we live in the age of information now, you get to see it. And another like, but another thing is the the subliminal things that are happening in the media. Um, we all we we discussed this before, Paul. There's a whole lack of humanity. And there's a lack of humanity that people aren't even realizing. You have a situation where you are constantly showing black death on on YouTube, on your Facebook posts, on on the news. They are showing live black deaths. These are people that look like us actively getting murdered, and we have to watch that. So the last thing we want to do 
is de-traumatized and then have somebody call us and be like, hey, did you see the time this happened? Or um, get text messages, hey, did you see that? Like, I got bombarded, bombarded with messages, with, with comments, things like that. You know what I'm saying? They're constantly showing black deaths. They're constantly showing black people get beat up, hurt, and mauled. If this was a white woman getting raped and they recorded it, that shit would not make it five minutes on YouTube. They would cut that. That would it would cut it off. They would cut it off because there's not there's a lack of value for black lives, and the, and we all we want, all we want is to matter. All we want is equality. There are peaceful protests out there. You know what they do? They disturb the peaceful protests to try to discredit all the people and the whole movement in general for the sake to be like, look at these savages. We told you they were looting. And you know what I'm saying? Or we told you there's an excuse to kill people. There's an excuse to kill people. So, and so right now it's like, well, what's the point? There's no way I can convince you to value my life if you don't already value it. So I don't believe in like um, the the pep talk. Like we have to stop looking for empathy in people who don't have empathy. Because that's the right. thing. Like, we don't, hmm? no, keep going. I just Ramon's trying to jump in. But what do you? Oh so, boy, Ramon, you have something? Oh no, I mean, I was just trying to add to your point. I I feel like we've we've raised our hand enough times to request, like, hey, this isn't cool. Like, uh, can you do something about this? Like, it feels like an endless loop. This narrative plays out every so often, so, so many years. I was talking to Chris earlier about, um, you know, like the Black Panther Party, when that, like, 10-point plan, like, number seven was basically, we don't want cops to murder us anymore. We're, like, we're tired of this. And when we, when we keep raising this hand, like, hey, this isn't cool, stop, and instead of replying to that request with a solution um you you're you're replying to with opposition like no you know we're we're gonna i mean like trump yesterday like once again i don't believe that trump is like yeah trump is trash absolutely but he's he's a reflection of what we're built on and it's like Trump, Trump sim- symbolized like the mask off of the U.S. Like, hey, he's saying the quiet part loud. I mean, you had, you had, we've had like years of this. Like, going back to the Black Panther Party, when we tried to take it into our own hands, we we tried to organize and do things to make sure we had safe places. Make sure we had places for our kids to eat before school, a breakfast program, like what happened with that? You know, uh, Fred Hampton killed in his own house. There's an FBI conspiracy. Like it's when we try to take the matters into our own hands, they respond with the exact same thing that we're fighting against. Like, so what do you do? Like, so why be confused when you get to a point where people like want to riot and, and react? Like, what else do we do? We try taking a knee. No, stand up and stop it. This is the best place on earth. Like, so what? What do you do? You know, like what? What are what are our options at this point? So, and taking America's a knee. Not, just yeah. real quick for the listeners, Ramon's talking about taking a knee in the Colin Kaepernick 
situation with the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL. So we're actually going to have that discussion on a podcast coming up. I just want to, for people that don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, you know, mostly America is, America has this innate fear of black unity because honestly, karma, they're afraid of karma. They've been kicking, they've been like beating and destroying, raping, you name it. They've been doing all the things to black people for over 200, like 400 years. I'm sorry. You know, and it's still been a thing. And then it's the, you get, you get a little bit pushed back. I mean, you get a little freedom, just a little bit, you know, a little civil rights here and there. And I'm like, aren't you happy? <laughs> you know? And it's, it's like, no, we're not. You know? I often said, I was talking to Ro earlier and I was like, Black people are the abused spouses of America. Um, if you look at domestic violence, uh, when, when you have a situation where the person who is getting beat tells the police, they're never told, hey, you, you're getting beat? You need to fix your marriage. You, know? <laughs> you, you never get that. You never get the, hey, you need to fix your relationship. Right. If he's hitting you, why do you think he's hitting you? You know, you don't get that. You get this. If someone's taking the stand to defend themselves or to release or be free from their oppressor, then we applaud that, except for when it's black people. Because black people is like the nerve of you. Why are you being so divisive? All these things like that. America is an abusive spouse. It's an abusive spouse, and we are the abused spouse because we keep trying to find the good in people. We keep trying to be like, okay, we accept, you know how many apologies, how many times we prayed for people who murdered us? You know how many times we tried to find the good in people? Maybe if we just explain this, then white people will really get it. Maybe if we tell them, maybe, you know, Black Lives Matter started off as like this message of, of like, hey, we just want to let people know that we matter. Nothing like Negroes want to take over. No, Black Lives Matter, <laughs> you know? And so that we get, but all it's like lives raising, that, raising that hand again. It's like, yeah. oh, sit down, shut up. Well, yeah, all it's lives like, matter, I, and all lives matter. I feel like is a sarcastic, passive aggressive rebuke of the all lives or of the Black Lives Matter slogan. Well, because people believe that people believe that. Oh, people I know because they're going well. They, they take it. It's like a binary reaction of uh, uncritical thought. To, to say that black lives matter doesn't mean that your life doesn't matter, but black, but black lives are the ones who are more likely to die at the hands of police, which is why this whole movement began to say our lives matter to our lives matter. Also, like that's the like pay attention to what's happening. And I think that is the hardest part is because um, in psychology, I feel like what people have is called in cultural cultural encapsulation and i think that plagues most of our entire country for anyone who hasn't really left their hometown and it doesn't mean if they haven't left their hometown they aren't still culturally encapsulated i mean you haven't left your own thought that whatever you were taught growing up isn't necessarily a fact it's an opinion and it's based on your cultural upbringing it's based on your geographic and your socioeconomic upbringing it's based on what you watched on television it's based on what your parents said and it is based um, in America a lot. Sometimes it can be based also on like what you, how you identify as an ethnicity. And so, if you, if you, 
if you haven't examined your own life and thought critically about your own life, how can you then have empathy and to understand other people's lives who had a different upbringing than you or a different circumstance? So I actually think there's, I got a couple of things I want to spout off on real quick, and then I'm going to get more opinions. Um, I actually think now you said like Trump, like right now, unfortunately, for 45% of the U.S. population or something like that, or 30% that like Trump, he is an example of what we should, you know, he's like the archetype of the person in power. And he is, I don't even have to say what he's doing. Just read his Twitter feed. I don't even have to say. And so like young people, young people growing up in school whose parents like Trump are learning that what he's saying is okay, which is, you know, be strong, strong arm everybody. You're always right. You're never wrong. Uh, and he, he avoids talking about any sort of, um, hum, humanistic cause. I won't even get into it, but so that is, that's our culture. And like you said, um, a lot of, a lot of people in Chris and I had this discussion, a lot of people in 2016 were like, what, who's this guy, right? How, how could he say all this stuff? And Chris was like, well, he's just saying what the dominant, uh, part of our country actually thinks not, not totally like it's population, but you know, population wise, but there's a dominant cultural attitude in our country that a lot of people don't even realize that they have. And so I think the resistance to, um, let's say, I don't know, little things like, uh, equal funding of, of, uh, schools, no matter if you're in the inner city or the suburbs or little things such as, I don't know, maybe that police shouldn't be the ones overseeing themselves and they should have integrated different types of professionals and outside uh, oversight and uh, maybe social workers involved and uh, diversity and other things uh, could be a request. I mean, the, the issue is that these issues are cultural and they're in the fabric of our country right now. And so then when the debates happen, 30 or 40% of the people who are not open to hearing this, they already have their minds made up and they aren't even listening. And I was afraid I, for a moment of, I had a, maybe a naive moment of hope with the George Floyd thing being so, whoops, I just broke my own rule. I'm trying not to swear too much today. I, it was so egregious and it was all caught on camera and it's like totally obvious. And this guy uh, had like 15 complaints against him before all these people caught it on camera, all this stuff. And I thought, wow, like this is a pr finally uh, even another example that people have to watch. Maybe this will wake people up. And then it, the people that were are the people that were woke up were already the people that already knew this was a problem. Well, and I'm not, that's because it's not, yeah. it's, it's, it's not another, it's not another, Oh my God, what is happening? And Oh, this time they got it on tape. No, it's been on tape consistently. It's happening consistently, and it's we're tired of the lip service. That's that's the whole thing now at this point. Why things have gotten more physical, if anything, is we're tired of the lip service. So the anger there's is no promises over, that you right? yeah, There's no more promises that you can make. There's there's no more at this point. People want to see, I mean, close to literal heads roll. We want to see like we we want to see that police that police department should be no more at this point. Right, they should you be scrap, disbanded. Yeah, you scrap the whole thing, get a whole new unit in there. Like it, but they, but we, they want to see consequences because unfortunately, what's going to happen is the same. They're going to think the same thing. They're going to think going the same way about it is is going to solve the problem again because it, it, you're. They're going to have a draw out a long trial, and they're going to be acquitted. 
It's it's going to happen. We've seen it a thousand times. I'm calling it now. It's it's not going to change. Yeah, like the the reaction has been like it. It's usually well. Let's just fire the cop that that committed this crime. Right? There's never really no no push to change the system fundamentally. Um, I, I feel like I was talk I was talking. Well, I was talking to my cousin about this um, this past weekend. And he said he talked to a guy in his neighborhood who's, you know, he's he's a cop, um, but he's ex-military. And he, he realized, like, look, a lot of my friends who are cops are also ex-military. And, like, I fear for the, the lives of people they come in contact with sometimes because he's like, look, I, I took this job to be a civil servant. Like, in the military, we're trained to kill people. And when you mix that with like mental health issues and, you know, you're not, if you're in a public servant's position, you, you're, you're doing your best to kind of relate to those people that you're working with where, I mean, cops are just trained like to be fearful. Like if you feel that your life is in danger, shoot that person and kill them. Don't, don't fix it. Don't try to, de-escalate no just shoot shoot to kill so it's like no i mean if we should be doing something about like the the main like what what are your values as a as a police officer like what do you value like what do you value life <laughs> do you value your own life you know like have some kind of screening vet these police officers a bit better like but like chris said I mean, this is this is our system, right? This is this is what it was built to do. It's yeah. working correctly. So you have so. to you have to revamp it. You know, you have to remind us right. You have to kind of revamp it and go with from jump. You have to weed out the bad cops from jump. Like, cause a lot of these people they accept this position, knowing a lot of these people they accept the position, knowing how this is where these people stand. People have a history of saying and doing racist shit. We should treat them with the same. We should keep that same energy across the board. You know, if you say some racist shit, if they find out you're racist, are you any any way or like if you're sexist, misogyn, you know, misogynist. Um, if you hate, if you know, you hate gay people, things like that. Like, if you're the people that are in charge of upholding the law, should be held to a higher moral standard. And that's and it's not a hard ask, you know. Um, I think that's. But another thing, I think black people are really done looking for the humanity in people right. who don't care. So when you say, hey, this time we have it on video, I like, oh, that's sweet. That's very optimistic of you. But remember, they used to hang us after church. Right. And put it in the newspaper. Where the word picnic comes from. <laughs> so like when you come from that type of background, you have people kill. No, no this ain't the first murder. Has been has been filmed. You if you if you don't remember like you know when I found out that America really doesn't like care like for real doesn't care and will stick to their ground no matter what and this has like um it has nothing to do with black people getting which of the thousand examples (laughs) exactly but but the thing where I realized is like Sandy Hook there there was no there were no gun law changes in Sandy Hook. And those are little white kids. There's nothing America loves more than little white kids. <laughs> and when they got shot, and people was like, oh, 
is a hoax. What? Are you serious? That's, so that's when I was like, oh, they don't, give, they don't care about us anyway. I'm sorry. You're right. They want to keep that. It'll never <laughs> Much less a black person. You know what I'm saying? Much yeah, less. So you have that. They never go cap, man. You had the dude, um, what's the what's the dude out of Minnesota who was killed in his car on Facebook? Oh, uh, Lando Castile. Lando Castile yeah. was sitting there in the passenger seat and got killed with with the gun license. You know, right. who was asked to get doing the right thing. He was asked to get his gun license, and he was like, "Cool." And then the then the cop was like, "Bam, bam, bam," you know. Then you have the other cop Meanwhile, who shot who shot a, in this was it what's the guy's name? The the um Orlando Kester? that did the standoff. No 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 the the um the white guy that did the standoff with the guns, like him and his family. Like at some uh location. I can't remember. I think it was Texas. It's Texas Waco? Kind of crazy, but Waco, no, Texas. Waco. That was that was a cult. Yeah. You're talking about somebody right. having a standoff with the police? Right, Recently. and then and they, like basically applauded him for standing up to to the government. Oh, yes, yes. Bundy, something Bundy, something like that. Oh, the yes. ranchers! Uh, You're talking about the ranchers yeah, that were protecting the ran- their, their oh, land because yeah. yes, yes. uh, their cattle was right. supposedly grazing on federal land. Yeah, that's correct. Right, so like you know, and like he, this guy had a license to, and and actually, to, he wasn't being like violent or anything. Uh, Posing a threat, he's like, "Hey, I have a gun license. I have it in my car." And this dude got got killed. Meanwhile, these guys taking their guns right to the source. Walking, I mean, probably at home, like feet kicked up right now. Well, yeah, in Michigan the other week uh, in April, the militia went to the state capitol with AK-47s and other semi-automatic uh, weapons in tow. They didn't shoot anyone, but they were just kind of intimidating standing right there with the police and the police, you know, there, there was nothing, nothing uh, violent occurred. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I can't. They're not yelling in I the was, police's faces with their guns. There, there was a picture of them yelling in the police's face with their guns. And somebody did say if that would have been an African-American person, they probably would have been shot because they were yelling and they were holding uh, open carry. You know, they have a license for it, but still they're yelling at this cop in his face. And so that that's what we're talking about. I guess I wanted to to say a quote and and talk about uh, one topic I wanted to bring up, which is this is quote. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Simon Westenall for evil to flourish. It only requires good men to do nothing. And I think uh, the hard part about um, just doing this podcast is as a white man, how frustrating it is to be in a culture where a good number of my elder white men are either doing nothing on the liberal side or actively in denial that there's a problem and fighting the solution or saying or or saying oh the solution doesn't need to we don't need a solution this is just uh, one bad apple or whatever or, I mean, I don't really know these people, so I wouldn't call them my elders, but people that are actively racist. So it's it's like on purpose, you know. So it's like goes back 
that goes back to the perks of capitalism, man. I mean, like <laughs> once you once you're in a position where somebody's basically paying you to not do anything, you don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Also, I would question I would question the morale. I would question their um, the morale in general, the morality in general, because it's it's the same thing as we remember they arrested the cop. I think they arrested all of them, right? As of now, um, but like. Either way, all those cops need to be arrested. There was actually one cop that killed him, and the other cop, the other cops were just standing there watching him get murdered. Uh, this is a direct reflection, I feel like, of how white America looks at black death. They're watching this. They're watching their counterparts. Some of the some of their family members are the racists who cheer this on. These are people who support these policies, and they go, "But well, that's just good old Uncle Jim." Oh, that's good old Aunt Sally. That's cool. I mean, I love them. That's family. I kind of don't agree, but I don't want to say anything. So uh, this is also why, you know, and I can boldly state this, I am no longer here for white comfort. I'm good. I don't want to make people, I don't want to make white people feel comfortable. I'm not here to coddle you and things like that. I had a situation where I posted online, if your white, if your white friends are quiet, that's because they don't care. And a lot of my friends didn't say anything, but there were a few that was like, that's not true, Chris. And I got a whole long-ass message uh, with them, and they were telling me, oh, my God, I'm so offended by what you posted. I have such and such, like, she gave me the whole black inventory of how many black people she knows and things like that and how she's doing frontline work. No time, I'm like, shut, shut the F up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I don't care. I'm not here for that. And I'm not, I'm not some sort of like, I'm not the Santa Claus of white racism. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not putting you on the naughty list or a nice list because you're doing, you don't get points for doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? I woke up today, like the whole day yesterday, I ain't rate nobody, right? I don't get cookie points for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a racist. It's also like, like, why do you, why do you care if you, why do you showboat? Because I feel like that's clout chasing. You're trying to showboat that you're a good person, because look what I'm doing for black people. Just don't be a piece of shit. How about that? Don't be a racist piece of shit. Sorry. Yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guilt. A lot <laughs> of guilt. Because they have the option to not care. Well, that is, I think that is the, that is one of the tough things, is um, this is an issue that is going to take a long time to solve because not enough people are actively trying to solve it. And, um, and I think it starts, like you said, it starts with the conversations you're having. Uh, and if you're in a position of power, it does start with reform immediately. I mean, not only police reform, but education reform, um, policies reform. And it, and like you said, you don't need brownie points for this. You don't, you don't, you're not trying to get like, like, oh, we did this thing. So, you know, we're inclusive. It's not about that. It's, it's like, we've got to come up to 2020. We are in it, it. You know, this is, it's too late for this to be going on at this point. Like, um, we have to come together and be able to treat people equally. And if, if not, then we, then your behavior can't be tolerated. Um, you know, we're all talking about, you know, inclusive, we want to be inclusive, of everyone's faith and, and, and non, 
uh, and agnostics and atheists and everybody be inclusive. But like, and, I, and I'm in favor of that, but I feel like when it comes to this kind of bad behavior and, and, and I don't just mean what this cop did, cause obviously that's a crime. But what I mean is, I, what I mean is people making, you know, I haven't heard this yet. Luckily, I don't have this circle of friends, but like if people downplay this and, and don't say it's a big issue and whatever, I, I don't want, I think as a white person, we need to not be tolerating that behavior and we need to speak up because, you know, it's, we have to be a good example f- for the future of this culture. And we're all living here and we need to be able to get along because the next crisis coming along that's going to get, get everybody is climate change uh, and also democracy culture in the United States right now, which is a whole nother podcast that uh, different people, uh, all people of all ethnicities, rights and freedom of speech is being challenged at the highest levels. Um, I, I could keep going, but like, and, and we're at this point where we're tolerating people treating African-American people and also Native American people and Asian American people and Latinx people inhumanely like they're not people. And, and, and it's so hard to comprehend that, but it's happening every day. And, and like you said, they, don't, they have a choice not to care. And that's true. Like I, I, can, I can go into a store and not be afraid that someone's going to accuse me of something because of the way I look. And, and I remember, fun example, like I was still learning this sh- stuff back in, I mean, I learned it in high school, you know, I wasn't actively involved in a lot of things with that, but I didn't, it's like, it takes it a while to, to, to really sink in uh, because of where I was raised. And so like, let's just, it, it sunk in deeper and deeper, but let's just explain the situation in 2005. Ramon and Chris and I, we were talking about the same issue. And literally, we're having the same conversation, except it's about a, an updated example of this issue. And it's, it's, it's sad to me and disheartening that m- this has not been remedied more. Um, but also, one of the times... I mean, it sunk into me when I was little because I remember when my friend went to the store and they accused him of stealing and he was black. So, and like there were six white kids in there, one black kid, and they accused him of stealing and he didn't steal anything. And I remember that from sixth grade. Um, but I think it also sunk into me in a, in, a, in a funny way because you guys made me drive the rental car in 2013 because you were afraid we were going to get pulled over in this white neighborhood if I, if anyone else was driving. Didn't think twice about it. What's that? <laughs> Didn't think twice about it. Yeah, so I was <laughs> I had to be sober the whole weekend because I'm driving everybody and the windows were tinted. I did not select that, which was very useful, but uh, you know, we should have made you dress as a cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like I thought you guys were joking. I was like whatever we're in we're in the northwest we're in seattle people are progressive here they're all the liberals up here the latte liberals <laughs> no man that's that's what's called a sundown state that's where black people don't go out no i know sundown, i was man. i was naive okay it was like yeah. seven years ago and you guys are like no, no. We gotten stopped. i would have had the, i would have requested that you first phrase that you are a white man before anything <laughs> 
oh, my arms sir, out he, the window. He's already beaten me, sir. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. No, but I remember, like, I was like, you guys are joking, right? Like, this is this is dumb. And you're like, Chris is like, no, but seriously, because you're always making jokes. He's like, no, seriously, you have to drive like the whole time. And Absolutely. I was like, okay. Yeah, I didn't see the I didn't see the joke in that at all. No, I no. just. Uh, no, I, I was the one who was surprised because I just like it, it never occurred to me that that was a problem. And, and yeah. I mean, it occurred to me from reading the news, but like, I don't know, it just hadn't happened to me in real life. And so I think and that's the thing. It's not real until it's real to you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that which is why a lot of people don't pay attention to it. I mean, that, that's why they have the choice to ignore. It. Yeah, they haven't had to. They haven't had to hear any anecdotes from uh, their, their few black friends that they may have. And, and never personally saw it or experienced it. So it's easier for them to ignore it than acknowledge it. All they know is they see it on media and social media and whatnot. So, I mean, and who can believe that anymore as far as what their eyes and ears are seeing on, on a computer or technology screen that can be manipulated in stories put forth by anybody. So, I, I mean, I get it. No, I get it. But it's also, it's going to affect um, everyone because this is an issue that if we can't solve this issue, um, you know, a lot of things are at risk culturally, um, people's safety is at risk, um, in- inequality of all kinds will flourish if we cannot fix this issue. And this issue is bigger than the police, but it's got to start was- there. What's that? I think Chris was about to make a point. Well, yeah, and and to your point, I think um, I think the way to you know, if any you know, if a white person is listening to this and they want to know how they can do it, how they can combat racism. Oh, good. Yeah, it, uh, it has. To, it, yes, white person's guide to combating racism coming yeah, up, guys. They need to combat racism. Understand that this this was started by this is started, crafted, and perfected white. White supremacy in America was started, crafted, and perfected by white people. And so since y'all started it, y'all got to stop it. And this is just, this is, what this is, this is alien versus predator, and we're just a human sitting on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, because this y'all battle. This ain't ours. Like, you know who should be at the Black, um, Black Lives Matter marches? All white people. Because that's what white, like, I know I matter. Black people have been trying to tell you we matter for the longest. And nobody cared. So why they need to see from white people that that black people matter. They need to see from white people that you should not kill LGBTQIA people, right? They need to see from like all these people, the cis people, and so forth and so on, because these are the people like you have to talk to your racist ass cousins. You have to lose you're gonna have to not be friends with people. You're gonna have to lose you know, you're going to have to stop being friends because they're racist. Period. You got to sacrifice. And that's the sacrifice. Nobody's asking you to lose your life over this shit. We just ask you to talk to your racist cousins. Oh, so you you're know? asking us to be uncomfortable, Chris? Absolutely. Uncomfortable. I'm no longer here for your comfort. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, so uncomfortable like, conversations and um, uncomfortable positions. And I think here's the deal. It is not it, it if somebody doesn't like you because you speak up for what's right, they're not worth your time. They're not that includes your grandmother. Like it includes the because that's the thing. Everybody wants to exclude the people that they love. They'll block they'll block their friends on Facebook 
but then they'll keep their uncle or they'll keep their mother, their father. Nah, wrong is wrong. You know, no matter who says it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's so I mean this there it is something everyone can can participate in. And I think also I do think that you have to get educated. And so um I know that people have some comments about this and I think we have to be educated about the history of this country. Um obviously if you read The People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, uh, it's definitely a read you'll want to do over time, but it's very enlightening. It's from the journals of uh, the people that basically immigrated here and what they did with the native people and and other things all the way from the earliest landfall to recently. Um, I think people need to get educated about how they can help, but also educated on the history and, and how you can help. Um, I don't know. This is a group that just started in Grand Rapids. It's called White Ally, and it's on Facebook, and it's all about unpacking and sharing and trying to help. Uh, on and it's all white people, and the to to be able to unpack their own story and then figure out how to take an action item back to their community or their or their job. And so, um, I think that is a way for people here to get involved. I'm I'm assuming there's other groups like this. Like, for instance, in the LGBTQ, which has won the right to finally get married and somewhat be treated by humans and have they've actually gotten really good at suing people that disrespect their rights recently. Um, you know, there was this thing called allies, right? Straight allies. So I, I think that I, I think that. White people, you're right, we have to do this. And it's and it's and it's a fight between white people. And, and it really is because it is, it is up to us to stop this. And, uh, that, so the white ally thing occurred to me as a really good thing, because then it's like, it's, 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 it's a support group in a, in a way for a lot of people, because they are dealing with the racist relatives or the disapproving relatives who are saying, you know, why would you ever, you know, associate yourself with this argument or even with these people, you know, and they have to have some support because you're right. There's some relationships that are going to get smashed by this and, and uh, messed up. And that is uncomfortable, but it's long past overdue. And I know that people really celebrated in the streets when LGBTQ people won the right to marry. Right. So like, I think we need to have, I don't know what the thing would be because there's already, it's already against the law to do what they're doing, but we have to figure out how to hold law enforcement accountable and not after the fact. We have to find a way to reform law enforcement across the country. I think there's a lot of young people that see a lot of problems with this country that need reforming and fixing because the old ways of doing it are not working. Um, that's, that's the scary part too, though, right? Because um, like when when you when there's a time to to make a change or to at, at every turn, I mean, for example, I'll use the George Floyd thing uh, when the autopsy came back. I feel like at every moment, people go out of their way to <laughs> to to make it our fault. <laughs> you know, like oh, this dude, even though this dude had a uh, a knee to his neck for nine minutes, he died because he had heart disease. Because any normal person would would have just been able to withstand that knee on their neck. Right? Oh no, I'm good, man. Keep it going, man. I don't have heart disease. You good? Like, come on. 
Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the the private autopsy showed that he died as of asphyxiation. Um, yeah, so they lied about that. But that tells you that that tells you the cover up right there in the in right. the first place. Well, like everyone's everyone's in cahoots. Well, like, that's the issue. The hmm. issue is that it's kind of like the Catholic Church, right? All the priests didn't get caught for molesting children because they were all friends and they knew each other for a long time. And so this is the issue. Every police station, I'm not an expert, but all these police stations, they've been working together for so long, right? And then certain ones in the in the group, they form little, I don't know, cultural attitude collectives or whatever you want, you want to call it. And they go out and they do stuff that is against the regulations, against the law, against the rules. And then their buddies don't want to see them go to jail, so they cover up. I mean, this is this is human right, this, nature. This isn't a theory. This isn't a theory. This is happening. Well, I'm sure it's happening. This, I still have an article in front of me, which is why I said it's my theory. Well, and unfortunately, I can't get the testimonials on it. But I have, I have, like, I have friends who are police officers out here. But I don't have. I'm not friends with police officers, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. But they said the same thing in these circles out here. It's they they breed that culture of of having each other's back, and they're more they outnumber. The, a lot of the good forces in the police force. The issue right there is that, here's the issue, they're policing themselves. There is no outside oversight. There's no committees. And so, and they're doing their own annual reviews. And I, and I mean, we even yeah, talked they, about- They manipulate, they get, they get the judge and the jury. They get, that's what I was like saying this, this up. We've looked at every trial. They select all that. They, I mean, not the people who get in trouble personally doing it, but the, the department, everybody's pulling those strings in order to, to, to clear- the officer's names for the most part. So here we go. Who is paying the the county judge? Who is paying his salary or her salary? That's the taxpayers. The, the taxpayers of that region. Who is paying the police salary? The yes, taxpayers. Well, taxpayers right. And so what I'm saying is there is a camaraderie among civil servants. Well, but that tells you the community reflects the police force as well. Right. That's exactly true. And so what I'm saying is then these, these trials true. happen. These trials happen. Well, no, I know what you're about to say, but hold up. These trials yeah. happen, right? And it's like, it's not even fair, right? They're not judged according to the crime. They're judged according to their status. So Chris was about to say something. Oh, I'm saying local policing is, a, is definitely an improvement because... Uh, take take out here. We had two we had two major um, protests recently. One in Seattle uh, was, of course, like a setup. They came out there, they protested. They were peaceful people, but then there were there were there were plants of people who wanted to just see the world burn. There were uh, people who just kind of like agitated the situation, and they bought in. All types of people. They brought in, uh, what they say, the, the National Guard, and they they did flash bombs. They did all types. They did smoke bombs, things like that. Uh, you know, pepper spray the audience. Everything. Um, this was called because the police escalated it. And then you had Tacoma, where I am, where you had a peaceful protest that lasted just as long, no incidents at all. The major difference between the two is that Seattle's police department has people who live in the outskirts and backwoods, things like that. So you have people who aren't a part of the community at all and who also may have a certain disdain for the people in the city. So you're already being, you're already entering it with somewhat of a negative aspect, right? 
um, the the people a lot of the a lot of the policemen in Tacoma are actually from Tacoma and actually live in these neighborhoods where they are protesting. So there's investment in your own community, there's investment in the land there. People can talk to each other. This stuff has been said for so many years. I remember there was a scene on the wire where it was the same thing. You know what I'm saying? That's how you have better police, uh, at least better police and and civilian um, camaraderie. Is you, you work better when you know that that policeman is in your neighborhood. And that policeman is a part of your culture because a lot of this is people don't understand the culture of their community that they're policing. And we don't understand the culture of your community. You're never going to get it. You're never going to understand. So we're not asking people to be friends, but we're asking for empathy, right? Right. So, and so, so there's many things that could be done. I'm not an expert, but whatever's, whatever's going on right now is completely archaic, not working, and the reverse of networking, it's harmful to the community. And how are people supposed to trust the police if um, this sort of thing continually happens? And we hear news reports of it happening all of the time. This one actually got people's attention, but it's happening all the time. Um, you know, there's another, there's another uh, Vox did an article over the weekend, which was interesting. <clears throat> I can't find it right now, but they basically summarized every news report and there was about 12 of them of police in certain cities escalating the violence. Right. And basically firing on unarmed people, firing on news crews, arresting news crews, uh, doing all of this stuff just because I don't even know because they're angry. Uh, and, and then also weirdly enough, like here in Michigan, there were like 24 protests and only three of them had this, violent stuff afterwards with the property destruction by a bunch of people who knows even where they were from like in detroit it, it said 85 percent of the people that were arrested and there was only like 30 people arrested were all not from detroit they were all from somewhere else right same situation in grand rapids uh that all of the reports i've read of the people arrested so far uh were white people and also they were from some small town uh so it's really weird what's going on. I won't even comment on that. That's a whole other thing. But apparently there, you know, there was there was a protest in Flint and other places and the police joined the protest and like and some took a knee and they held up banners and there was no violence, no destruction of property, nothing. Right. Because that police officer in Flint who's from Flint decided to do the right thing, I guess, and, and join the people instead of trying to like set up a barricade and point um, rubber bullet guns and tear gas at the people as if they're a threat versus they're not just trying to use their voice. So it does come down to personal choices, but it is, it is also cultural and it is the systems in place. And so um, there's a lot of work to be done, a lot to be said on this. I mean, Chris and I, you can go back and listen to my podcast that we did, I believe episode 27 uh it's called growing up black in america and and then also ramon and i had done an episode about a lot of different topics but we discuss uh politics and ego and power and male maleness and so other things and that's not released yet that's coming out um looks like in july and it looks like actually chris yours was episode um 29 one of the greatest episodes of all time Yes, it was a very good episode. Yes, it was episode 29 of The Intentional Clinician. I don't know what number this is going to be. We'll find out when I'm done. 
Uh, James, you have not been on the uh, my show, except that people don't know that James is a producer and a drummer, and he's actually the drums behind the theme song that goes underneath most of the first part of my episodes, um, is that James and I wrote that song together. So um, the instrumental song. And I, I want people to really get educated, but so I, I wanted to, to talk about what other resources do you guys know about where people can get educated? I wanted to name one real quick, which is the American Civil Liberties Union. Um, I highly recommend looking into what they're about and their history and how they've been uh, making sure that laws are upheld and followed instead of just whoever's um, got the most power or money uh, getting their way. So the American Civil Liberties Union, and they've been standing up for um, uh, the rights of every everyone really because they'll do they'll jump in on anything but um you know especially for women and black people for hundreds of years but also white people out there they are going for your rights on the environment and healthcare and everything else so check them out um what other resources do you guys want to share um i would say that i mean i don't have a particular resource but just based on this conversation and like the history of you know, all this and how it went down, I would just say to go and just research what happened when black people tried to organize themselves against <laughs> the same thing and and find out what happened when <laughs> when that happened. The black just research the Black Panther Party. Because I think there's a lot of mixed narratives out there about that that came around when um the black, the whole Black Lives Matter thing was a was a, you know, real prominent in media. Um, it's definitely relevant now, of course, but that that kind of just just sums up how fed up we are. <laughs> like we've tried, we've go, we've been through this before. We tried to organize, and there was a government conspiracy set up to ruin that organization so uh, yeah absolutely we don't know what else to do guys <laughs> i'm about to say this is all history so do your history um google.com is your friend mm -hmm. that's it <laughs> yeah james do you have any uh comments oh yeah send me the links would you And didn't uh, the family of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. win a civil suit against the government? Oh, yeah, that's a favorite. Um, Can you we know talk what? about that real quick? Yeah, real quick. I love this one. Um, they always talk about Martin Luther King. A lot of people have been posting Martin Luther King and things like that, and um, they're wrong. I think America is gangster as shit. So, like, America, uh, they, the government admitted to fault of murdering Martin Luther King, having him assassinated, and then giving him a holiday. Through the CIA. Yeah. Huh? Through the CIA, correct? All government, yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they had him murdered. At the time, in, in 1967, he was actually hated by 75%. There was a poll. He was most, one of the most hated men in America. Um, they murdered him, and then they watered down his message by constantly pumping out uh, the I Have a Dream speech, you know? 
So they have that, and I was like, oh, yeah, when really Martin Luther King, closer to the end of his life, was more of a Malcolm X. So he was, again, he was, was all about equal pay, um, suffrage for, you know, like suffrage for union workers, things like that, and also black reparations. And that, and when he was against the war, everybody was like, nah, he got to go, you know? So uh, with that, I think there's a, a large misconception about Martin Luther King and how he is, because it's another thing, the media, the government, the government will destroy you and then tell you you like, and then tell people throughout history that you liked it. You know? Destroy your narrative. Yeah. <laughs> so they destroy the narrative. And I think that's an important thing to always note out. Um, another thing is the, the, you know, when speaking about the riots, or not, after Martin Luther King um, was killed, uh, they were rioting in almost 100, 110 cities across the U.S., which actually forced the, uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1968. So uh, on the sixth day of rioting, by the way, you know, so on the sixth day of rioting that forced the, uh, the, the Civil Rights Act. So, you know, when people are like, oh, yeah, they're rioting and they're causing this and this doesn't solve anything. Nah, man, traditionally nothing happens in America by asking nicely. Nothing. We didn't we didn't ask nicely to, you know, in order for slavery to end, there was a civil war and they didn't really want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So when you have all these things, like look at the history and understand that America is going to always be America above all. So. No, there's no nice way to do things. I don't. I don't ask. Shit, I can't even ask for a job nicely. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So hopefully, Minnesota, Minnesota will learn from that lesson because if they don't, and since everybody has the time right now, the Twin Cities is about to come an only child. Real. Quick. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. Like, you know, we built this country for free. Mm-hmm. America is a strong country because it got built on discount. So if we want to, if they want to, if people who built this country and you built these corporations, if they want to take down those corporations, I can't be mad. Sort of like if, like, if you, you know, if, if the, uh, the average athlete comes up with his high school sweetheart and she helps him get to the top and then he leave her for a jump off. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they get a divorce, and she get half. Mm-hmm. Can't get mad. She helped them build it. She helped them build his empire. Shout out to Anita Jordan. But, like, I think that, because, uh, <laughs> yo, that's what America is, baby. We built this. We helped build this. And you got the nerve, when you get put on, you got the nerve to be like, you ungrateful Negroes. You questioned that shit. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. So, uh, like, nah. so wait, the White House was built by slaves? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Michelle Obama said that. And then they had to, like there had to be a national questioning of it. Right. And, and proof that yes, uh, that, that labor was brokered out by the South to the north <laughs> to have these have these buildings built. In DC, and this is the it, nerve. The nerve. The nerve. And of we're kind of laughing man. right now because I think everyone is exasperated by this conversation. Out of frustration, and yeah, yeah we, we weren't trying to heal after we got whipped. We still had to work, man. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, so, FYI, quick side note, and this is why I'm having an issue with like all the like 
the protesting right now. As of today, 19,000 new cases have been reported of COVID after um, protesting. Okay. Yeah. So this is welcome to 2020. And there you have it. This has been another episode of the Intentional Clinician Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with people you know. I would surely appreciate it. Also, feel free to give us a rating on iTunes or the podcast app. Until next time on the Intentional Clinician, I'm wishing you all a safe and peaceful week. If you are looking for an Emdria consultant, I am now an Emdria consultant in training and can provide 15 of 20 hours needed to become an Emdria certified therapist. I'm going to be starting Emdria consulting groups. It looks like they're going to be on Thursdays, both online and in person. For details, check out counselingsupervisorgr.com or healthforlifegr.com. The Michigan Mental Health Counselors Association is working to increase the availability of quality mental health services statewide, increasing education, promoting best practices, and working to keep licensed professional counselors and other professionals accessible by the public. Please check out the link and consider joining below. It's in the show notes. The recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Paul Krauss and his guests, and while these are based upon the literature they have read and their experience in life— and in the field, they should not be viewed as the definitive opinion on the subject. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for treatment. If you are in a crisis, please dial 911 or the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And I have a new resource. If you are a young person of color, feeling down, stressed, or overwhelmed, text STEVE, that's S-T-E-V-E, to 741 that's 741-741, and a live, trained crisis counselor will respond to you. If you are in need of counseling, do not hesitate to make an appointment with a local counselor in your area. You can make an appointment with the excellent clinicians in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area at Health for Life Grand Rapids and the Trauma-Informed Counseling Center of Grand Rapids by visiting www.healthforlifegr.com or calling Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5 Eastern Time, 616-200-4433. Thanks to technology and insurance companies now allowing telehealth therapy, if you are in the state of Michigan and located anywhere within the state, the counselors at Health for Life Grand Rapids may be able to serve you with telehealth counseling, which may be a reduced rate. Um, and in some instances of insurance, it's free right now. So find out more details on our website, www.healthforlifegr.com. Dear mother, oh man. I said, mother, I said, mother, I'm down on my knees. But there was a time that I thought, Lord, this could last a very long time. Somehow I thought I was still able to try to carry on. It's been a But I know, but I know, change
Look how I'm geeking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. On my Kodak. Black. Ooh, know that. Ooh, get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Contraband, 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 contraband. I got the plug on who a hawker. Whoa. They gonna find you like Baka. Blah. Ooh. America. Ooh, I just checked my follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me. Mama told me, get your money, black man. Black man. Get your money, black man. So, 
Tell us when. It, tell us, Chris. You're on the ground. Tell us when Tacoma stops being so locked down, or when it's less coronavirusy. Um, I would say about August. You might get shot by rubber bullets. Okay. Exactly. You could get shot by rubber bullets because Seattle is out here now. Okay. Well, but I was thinking about how is the weather in the fall because I haven't. Sh- I I don't know if I can come in August, but what about like September or October? <sighs> I don't know, man. I think um, bullets can withstand any type of weather, to be honest with you. Um, you know, like whether it's fall, spring, summer, like you still can get shot. <laughs> so, like, underwater. All types of shit, man. It don't matter when your plane lands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, SWAT will be there. So, <laughs> like, at this moment, I can only speak on what's going on right now. Like, SWAT is legit in Seattle. And people are being set up to be shot. And they are calling they are calling um, curfew like 10 minutes before a curfew. That's called a setup. Yeah. It's sort of like, like if somebody was like, if I posted the status on Facebook, right? And I was like, one like and I'm getting off work and you like your own status and then you comment, say no more, fam. I got it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah. 